0: All right, we're back. This is uh, Johnny, Jonathan Goldman, John Goldman on uh, Johnny's Secret Stash. It's been a quite a long time and so happy to be here. I got Adam Conley here. What's up, man? What's up, Mario? All right, and we have a very special guest who has been on the show before and we did a show last week that was great, uh, but... Technical difficulties, so here we are again. That's Marcus Saefert from Stealing the Farm, uh, one of the best singers and uh, keyboard players. Although, you know, Marcus is shaking his head. He's like he doesn't like being called out like that. Yeah. Uh, it, so this is Johnny Secret Stash, Johnny Secret Stash, one oh six point seven FM on WRHC out of Three Oaks and ninety three point five FM w r h z out of um, Sawyer michigan, and' uh, happy to be back. this is um, a long uh, we haven 't been doing shows in quite a long time. I think the last show is April of two thousand and twenty uh, and here we go. pandemic sort of seemed like it was over, and uh, who knows what 's going on now with the delta variant but but we 're back we 're back in the studio brand new studio at uh, in Sawyer now for uh, uh, Radio Harbor Country, beautiful space. You know what do you think? It is uh, yeah. And uh, Marcus, I know just uh, came off of a glorious uh, festival weekend with Brown Town in uh, Monterey, beautiful Monterey, Indiana, by the way. I got a chance to go there, and I got to say, it was it was unbelievable. It was so much fun. Yeah. Marcus, thank you for uh, you know kind of pushing me to go and. It, all you did was like, Hey, you going to make it there. <laughs> and I did. And Oh my God, what a pleasure, you know? F- uh, so first of all, let's, let's back up. So, uh, you're with stealing the farm and stealing the, f- you guys been playing together or stealing the farm has been a band for 11, 12 years now, yeah. man. 12 years. And, um, Came out with an album uh, right at the uh, tippy-top peak of the pandemic. We'll talk about that album, Moments Made of Gold. Uh, some awesome uh, assistance on that one. And, uh, um, and uh, yeah, let's also talk about, you know, the band and, and what you've got going on. But uh, first, you know, so, so you've been playing keyboards. What other instruments do you play? Just keyboards or... I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I know you're multi instrumentalist, but in the band you play keyboards. In the band,
1: yeah, keyboard, organ. Uh, that's pretty much my focus. On the album, I got to play uh, trumpet with Willie Waldman.
0: Ah, I didn't even know about that. That's
1: I had to up with Cool. Yeah. So, when we play bass, and, you know, I used to play guitar uh, bass in the band. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. But, uh huh. Yeah. At an earlier version of the band. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. The primo version, I got gotcha. you. Uh, and uh, so your present lineup is uh, you on vocals and uh, um, the uh, keyboards right. and an organ. Right. Uh, what kind of organ do you play? Is that a, a Hammond B two? Uh, well, we at Browntown. We yeah. We just played. Well, it was a Hammond that I got to play on. It's uh-huh. actually Nate from Chester Brown's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, uh, it does. I was going to ask you today
2: if you'd ever get to sit down in an actual Hammond. The Nord's awesome, but
1: something about that. I know the Hammond's
2: a whole other thing with all the drawbars. and
1: Yeah, Yeah, the Nord put the drawbars on it so you can control it, but there's still something about sitting behind that massive instrument.
0: For sure. What's a Leslie? A
1: well, Leslie's a rotating speaker. There's
0: oh, yeah, I nine, did see that.
1: There's either 9 or 11 contacts that when the speaker rotates, it touches and it gives that almost like a, it's a rotary, they call it a rotary effect.
0: It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. Phil Lesh has one of those, or played with one forever oh, for sure with uh, with his bass. I always see that in the back of oh, yeah. uh, their their uh, their setup, I guess it should Actually, say. Actually,
1: on, on the album, on falling away.
0: Really so cool. If
1: backups, it's got a rotary effect of, yeah,
0: well, one for the <laughs> Do a lot of people play guitar uh, using uh, one of those? Um, yeah, some people I like mean Trey has one. Does he? H- uh uh-huh. huh. Okay.
2: I wouldn't say it's conventional.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it's awesome. No, no, but this is uh, it's great knowledge to have that uh, Trey uses one and uh, um, th- there are there are musicians out there yeah. using it. That's that's pretty cool to know. Uh, um, so uh, alright so <laughs> we, get, we digress but yeah. uh, we were talking about the, the band members and yeah uh, Pat Conway on bass yeah. uh, you got Justin on um, drums uh, and you got Mike Nealon on uh, uh, lead guitar dual lead guitar essentially right yeah. and then Tim from Chester Brown uh, Vanderlund. Tim Vanderland uh, on dual lead guitar also yeah. Yeah. and you know, getting to see the two of them play together was awesome. I mean, there's just, there's no gaps. They have a chemistry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, and then they play together in Chester Brown, which that's, is... Uh, that's over 20 years. Yeah, right, right. So they've been playing together for over 20 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, geez, are we leaving anybody out? Um, that's it? No, that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to be that guy to leave somebody out there. Adam that's up. true, right? Not a going on, yeah. I, I always love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh so, you know, I we talked about this last week the the lost tapes again uh, essentially, but um, you know, what did you guys do during COVID? Let's let's talk about that again. Uh
1: We took the first couple months off. Uh-huh. yeah to the so we split up we separated for a little while and then eventually
0: well, we don't follow the rules very well so uh-huh we just ended up right. right right and you know so you had that big break you probably thought you know this we don't know when this is going to end i remember when it all started we were like okay well two weeks you know let's give it two weeks we'll see what happens we'll just you know stick tight and then it was Three weeks, and then it was four weeks, and then it was you know five, two months, and and it just kept going on and on, and so there was that you know that initially when you, it kind of made you realize like how busy our lives had gotten, you know how occupied each day had had been up to that point, and all of a sudden it was like, well, geez, you know what what now, you know, and uh, unless you had. Um, space to be able to shift into something else you know it would just must have been extremely painful to be kind of just stuck not being able to do the things you knew you had to be able to do or get done and um uh did that translate when you got back together playing with these guys was there that sense of like reunion you know that uh um uh rejoice uh, yeah yeah we Uh huh. It's usually the first or second weekend in June, but you know everything's been moved around, pushed around. Right. We're all like needless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we didn't learn how to shift here, but
1: when we got back together, it was uh, it was real happy time. We, we wrote a new song. With the first line was "I'm so happy to see your face." Yeah. Uh, because that's what we were feeling at the time. The the positive was the time that I got to spend with my family and everybody got to you know kind of deal with things that were important. Yep. But also got a few songs out of it, got some new perspectives, so all wasn't lost in
0: 2020. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, it was a uh, a real um opportunity to kind of like determine what's important and what's not and and uh you know, don't waste your time with the stuff that's not important anymore. No. And uh you know, I, I mean, I just see it from the bigger picture with like the unemployment issues and stuff like that. So many people are like, "Uh-uh, I'm not going to go back and work in this restaurant and have you, you know, uh, cut my tips or, or take a piece of this and, and give me a hard time about that and, and have people be rude to me and forget it. I'm just right. going to, I'm going to find something different. You know, I, I, people adjusted over the pandemic and they, you know, started home businesses or they, you know, figured out some other way to, to do the things that they like to do and, and be able to survive financially by uh, to be able to do the things they like to do. I agree. Did you guys have any adjustments like that? I was lucky <laughs> I worked the whole time. I Never took a day off. I don't know if that's lucky. <laughs> it didn't
1: feel lucky at first, but no, it does I'm just now.
0: kidding. Yeah. But, um, Yeah, that was my saving
1: grace. Is uh, I don't I don't know if my wife could have handled me sitting at home. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It. Uh,
0: yeah. See, there you go. You so know. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, we touched briefly on the album that you had, and if I recall, it actually came out like right as the pandemic closed everything up. Yeah, March 2020. Unbelievable. So you know, here you guys spent. A considerable amount of time putting this thing together, getting it pressed, you know, getting the physical discs to be able to sell at shows. I'm sure that was your primary method of uh, sale is you know being able to have it at the merch table, and then everything shut down. So, uh, what'd you do to try to do, you know get these albums into the, pe- the hands of the people that you knew wanted them? You know, right. all your loyal uh, listeners and stuff.
1: We do have some. did send a few through the mail yeah um and we opened that up for some people but uh mostly it was a chance for somebody in the band to meet up with someone and just
0: say hi how you been right you know, so we got to deliver them yeah so it's kind
1: of it was nice it was weird it was an adjustment but it was
0: nice took on extra special meaning i'm sure exactly. yeah well let's uh let's listen to one of the tracks um sure. uh which one do you want to have us listen to first Track four, Falling Away. You got it, all right, let's uh I think I messed it up there. Maybe. Oh, all right, well, yeah. here's the, here's right, the. F- okay, and in the meantime, <laughs> I will.
1: <Memorize. laughs> well, yeah. I had a memorized one. I'm the back of it, yeah. Uh, the title track for Moments Made of Gold here, um, uh, that was a real fun song to make. It's kind of one of our lengthier songs, which that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: But this this one features Jake from uh Humphreys on Solo in the middle. Jake Cinnamon uh yeah. And uh yeah, that was great alright. <laughs> my good friend John Smith. And uh just uh, we'll talk about it after. John Smith was one of the first um uh, members of the band That's and helped you write a bunch of songs at an early stage. Almost all of them. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go with uh, Moments Made of Gold. It's the title track from their album, Moments Made of Gold. This is Steel in the Farm, and we're lucky to be able to talk to Marcus Saifert. Here we go. made of gold not brand new i guess march 2020 but brand new in our hands how right? about that it's
1: like when you get a new car it's new to you that's right yeah <laughs> even
0: if it's a 20 year old uh, used car but that's no right. this thanks for bringing this uh, brand new sparkly disc to the uh, radio show oh, yeah, no as problem. well that's that's awesome uh all right i know so much went into putting together this album and you had mentioned before it was in the works for ten years. Right. I I know that this, the you know all these songs you had written uh, along the years and worked with John Smith uh, in putting together the songs. So John was uh, one of the original members, right? He's the
1: original keyboard player. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he he was he's the lyricist. I'll lean into the mic so I don't have such an echo. Yeah, but, let's do it like that. Um, we uh, he just you know he has a way with words and melodies and. um we we still to this day write together. We're writing new steel the farm oh, music good. together right now even uh-huh. though he's not in the band, he'll always be in the band. Right.
0: Like Robert Hunter.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> he's just uh he's his own he's a character, man. He's he's great. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, everybody needs like that that sort of external uh, uh um contribution. Uh Trey's got, you know, his guy that that works with him on there. Right. Bob Wears used to have uh um Barlow. Uh, Barlow, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jerry Garcia had Robert Hunter. And, right. Um, you know, these guys were all outstanding musicians. And d- did John help with the, uh, the musical part of it? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: he's an outstanding musician himself. Um, you know, through whatever reason or another, there's a lot of stories, and probably half of them are true, uh, but uh-huh. he doesn't play with us anymore. But... That being said, we still love
0: him. And he <laughs> still contributes. It sounds Absolutely. Like. Yeah. Um, so uh, Moments Made of Gold, I mean, you know, I, I understand the, the big sort of picture of it. But what is your take on, you know, what that's all about?
1: Um, I think it's about, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheeky to me about, you know, everyone always live in the moment and things like that. But at the same time, you do need to take a step back and realize that the the little moments that you're not paying attention to are the ones that are important. Yeah. And that's what I took away from
0: it. And you were the, uh, you wrote it. So, you know. (laughs) But, you know, I do understand that a lot of songs are written without a clear intent of what they're supposed to relay. And then it's up to the listener to take their own from that song. You know, I know a lot of the Grateful Dead songs are exactly like that. That, um, you know, you hear like as a listener to a lot of Grateful Dead songs, like, you know, um, uh, um, like some of those, uh, Robert Hunter, Jerry Garcia songs where, uh, you, you almost, if you read the lyrics, you might not even right. see that as being the vision of, of, if you just read it, then you probably wouldn't get the full vision of it. But as you're hearing it and as the way they're emphasizing particular words, you get these impressions from the song that are your own. And so, you know, that's a, that's a big part of listening to music. It's that, uh, you know, you're putting it out there, but you're not making any, uh, any representations about what it's meant to be or yeah, what it's about.
1: And I think keeping it semi vague makes it more personable for the listener. Yeah. Because there's, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, I was going through this or that, and I heard this song, and it meant this to me. It can mean that to you then, and then five years later, it can mean something else.
0: For sure, yeah. You know, Lucas Nelson, Promise of the Real. They they have that uh, um, some great music that came out, and each one of those songs was like sounded like a breakup song. Uh, and you know, then I listen to it now, I'm like, hmm, I don't know, it doesn't uh, quite have that effect anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know, at certain times in your life, like you you do hear uh, certain parts of it that are. Uh, uh, many songs that are like that yeah take what you need from it yeah um so uh i know uh, i started to say i know a lot went into uh creating this album and um you know draw us through that a little bit i mean I, willie waldman became the producer of the album yep and uh um, jake Sinegar uh helped record it and and then played on it yeah uh and then uh, and then you, you know, went out to California and you mixed it with uh, um, Skip with Sailor. Skip Sailor. Yeah. So take us through that whole process because I think that you know a lot of a lot of people in a similar situation, uh, a young band coming out, although you guys have been together for eleven years, uh, you know, might not know what's involved with trying to put an album out.
1: Well, we learned a lot. I'll yeah. say that because uh, that, this was our first real studio experience. We were at Browntown probably eight or nine and Willie was there and he goes hey I like you guys let's record and we go yeah okay whatever and then he got a hold of us and it was like no I'm serious let's record we're doing it at Jake's studio up here in Michigan I said all right great Jim Leap recorded everything for us at his studio and uh, it was just so easy that we went in for a three-song demo just to get better gigs yeah and the first day we bombed it, and we didn't get anything down, not one track. <laughs> and it's like, well, there's, a, there's an expensive practice, learning lesson. But the next time we went in, we laid five down. And so we were like, well, let's just keep going. So we, we probably tracked five times up there over the course of five days. And then uh, when it came time to mix, we were thinking about sending it somewhere. Willie goes, hey, I really think you should go to California. Yeah. So we went to LA and stayed at Skip's studio. He had trailers on site for us to live in, and we just pretty much woke up, worked on the album. Wow. Partied, went to sleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when you say work on the album uh, with Skip, did you. Uh, you recorded new vocals at that time, right? We did, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: The studio out there just had a vocal mic that probably cost more than most people's cars. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it was like a thirty or $40,000 Neumann microphone. Wow. But Sinatra mic. It, it, exactly. Yeah, it was Sinatra
2: crazy. Mic. <laughs> like you have to wear a suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I had to learn how to sing on it because, you know, I sing really loud. And they're like, hey, you mm-hmm. don't really have to yell into the, the mic. You know, turn your head a little bit. Uh-huh. But it's a, it was a fun experience. So we recorded all the vocals out there. We recorded some of the harmonies. And uh, then they mixed it down, and then he sent it over to uh, Bernie, and he, he mastered it, and we just waited, and, and we're patient. And then we got it back and said, all right, let's jump on it, and, of course, you know the rest from there.
0: Yeah, so you <laughs> got it all pressed, did the album art, and got it in your hands the day the pandemic closed down yeah. everything. Yeah.
1: yeah, we were trying to, you know, do the little rock and roll stall. We had it for probably about two weeks. And uh, we played a show in Peoria at Kenny's West Side Pub. And I said, man, we got this album. We haven't released it at home, but it's four hours away. We kind of picked the gig up on a whim. So I was like, let's take it down there. So they technically were the first people to get it. Uh huh. But then when we came back, everything shut down the next week. Like, oh, everything. Right, right. Um, and actually, the artwork was done by probably my best friend since about fourth or fifth grade, Taylor Pats. Cool. And he, it... he owns a... record label in michigan city called under city records they're a little more metal and heavy but uh you can find us on there we're there cool so we're the uh we're the hippie jam band (laughs) (laughs) right but yeah so
0: and how did you um uh, had you played with willie waldman before he said something we've
1: sat in before you know jammed Mm -hmm. but nothing crazy you know no tours or anything with him but Afterwards, we've had several shows. Even last week in a Brown Town, he came up and played a couple songs with us. Yeah, right, right. And then I got to play with him and uh, some special guys after that, too. So that was a, that was a good time.
0: Yeah, and uh, so I, I was at Brown Town. I don't know if I mentioned that in the radio show. <laughs> but uh, what, a, what an awesome festival. I mean, it was you know, unbelievable bands, outstanding tech. You know They, they really had great sound. And the lights were very professional oh, yeah. and uh uh everything was just fantastic uh and then they videoed everything um and and the, these bands that were there were unbelievable. You guys were there um uh Willie Waldman had a a group of like sort of hand picked local guys that I don't know how often they play together, but it seemed like you know he just kind of brought them together for that that uh, festival um and he called himself the Willie Waldman Project. Which that's is how he rolls. A perfect kind of descriptor <laughs> yeah. for it, you know? He just kind of had these... And it was all experimental. He, right. The first thing he said was, yeah, we're not going to play any songs. We're just going to get up and start playing. And that's exactly what they did. He just kind of like started with, you know, a little... He plays trumpet. Started yeah. with a little trumpet groove. Oh, and he, he has a very extensive... Uh, Adam, you'd like this. A very extensive... uh uh um foot pedal uh, yeah. pedal yeah. kind of thing you for know, the trumpet for the trumpet <laughs> <laughs> and and a little loop thing and you know yeah, nice. kind of like a you know i don't know like a reverb, reverb oh, yeah. kind of thing all kinds of like funky uh effects and for yeah. all in,
1: all intents and purposes he's playing summer camp this week so you know that's he's, is that right he was at summer camp yeah. oh i didn't yeah,
0: realize no, he was at summer camp that's yeah. great he's done that for yeah.
1: probably 15 20 years too
0: uh, i'm i'm gotta say i miss summer camp that was uh That was an early festival for me. But, uh, you know, if you like summer camp, then you love Brown Town because it is just one big, happy family. You know, there's not just random people passed out or wasn't, you know, weird stuff going on. Just all these people that were so happy to see each other after two years without the thing going on. And, um, you know, it's a lot of friends and family of the bands. Like, there probably weren't too many people that didn't have some kind of strong connection or strong interest in the band uh and then mr blotto played there yeah, so yeah. they brought their own brand of uh of people that were very devoted to mr blotto that got exposed to a lot of these other bands absolutely yeah um just outstanding even the weekend all around i will say was a great time yeah uh, but yeah willie waldman so he had that project and he had uh marco Villarreal, um unbelievable guitar player from uh uh northwest Indiana. Yeah. And um, Buddy Pearson. Buddy Pearson. Freak Bass? Is that his band?
1: No, Freak Bass is a different thing. Oh. Buddy does I don't remember what his band's called.
2: Uh Freak Johnson. Freak Johnson. Freak yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he's got like the Buddy Pearson project. Yeah, yeah and then he's got like some duo stuff and, and he's, he's he's The a, Buddy Pearson. He's
1: a monster yeah. bass player. Oh yeah. man, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And Kofi <laughs> Baker playing drums. Oh yeah, that we were talking about yeah. that. I, I didn't even understand the significance of it except that he's this british guy yeah and you guys just made it clear that that's ginger baker's son yeah yep. that was amazing wow
1: i mean he's he's the real deal he tours For the sure. world and so to have him there jamming he he did a set with willie and then he actually sat in on a half set with chester brown after that with him oh, and I, tony so
0: yeah was, oh, oh right cool. the, the two drummers going right and they were unbelievable that was they were locked in yeah that that they had a really great jam towards the end of uh one of the songs uh when uh, kofi was in there and uh tony is
2: awesome i love tony yeah
0: yeah they worked just, well together they they sure did yeah, yeah definitely um so uh you know when you, so these songs that you wrote for uh moments made of gold yeah uh were they all older songs or any of them you know kind of ones that you'd come out with and like you know oh we got to put that on the album
1: so what happened yeah most of the songs on there we had been playing for 10 8 10 years but we wanted to put something new on so i think it's the second track not the same that's a brand new song that we wrote with mike Neeland, uh when he joined the band about four years ago and uh that was the first song that we had written in a couple years at that point because we were kind of in a rut as a band, and then we got a new guitar player, a little freshness. Now we've been writing more. We have five or six new songs now. So uh, three of them I think have made an appearance thus far, and not the same as the the newest one on the album. Uh huh.
0: And and so Mike Nealon, was uh, um, he's a guitar player. Right. Uh, and how did how was it that he ended up joining your band? He had been with Chester Brown up to that point, right? Right, and,
1: and still is. Yeah. Um the how he started joining the band was we needed a guitar player and we had a bunch of gigs. And we've been friends with Mike forever and he is a consummate professional. He uh he stepped right in. There was it was almost seamless and uh easy to do. And uh yeah, it was just a nature of the beast thing and then He just never left, and now we won't let him.
0: Yeah, (laughs) just try. Well, let's listen to that one. So here's Not the Same. Uh, What's this one about?
1: Um, This one is about heartbreak.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, let's leave it at that. And then, you know, as you're listening to it, you can extract your own meaning from the song. Absolutely. All right, Not the Same, Stealing the Farm off their Moments Made a Gold album. Yeah, right. That was uh, off of Stealing the Farms. Moments Made a to album. It was Not the Same. And that was, you had just mentioned, it was one of the newer songs that you guys came up with yeah. after Mike Nealon joined the band as a drummer. I'm sorry, as a guitar player. Right, right. And uh, uh, so, you know, you have the uh, eight songs on the album but obviously you have a much larger repertoire than just these eight songs. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and a, a good amount of them are um are uh, authored by you guys. Like you you've written these songs. They're all original songs for the most part.
1: Yeah, we we like to keep it about 80-20. You know, we'd like to play about 80% originals at a show.
0: Yeah. What are some of the uh Covers that you do, and I, and I say covers just like because they're someone else's songs. But I've heard you play them, and you know you make them your own to the from start to finish. It's, oh, so sh- I know the you know, Pink Floyd pigs.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, we do Young Lust too. Um, oh yeah, Pink yeah. Floyd, and we are working on some other Floyd stuff that we've done other songs in the past. We used to do uh, Brain Damage into Eclipse. Um, and we do a lot of Grateful Dead uh-huh, pretty much yeah. name a tune we probably do it yeah um, but we also play uh, we do like a Foster or is it Cold War Kids it might be Foster no, it's fun. yeah it's that Foster, foster people, people song that you do
2: Pumped yeah. Up Kicks and um,
0: Sneaking Sally Through the Alien yeah Robert Palmer that, yeah.
2: Fish
1: Bathtub Gin
0: Oh yeah. yeah okay. we I don't know if I've heard your best. Do some Bowie. All right. We do some Bowie fame, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Golden Years. Oh yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So you know, we try to keep it eclectic.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. You're all over the place. You guys are doing all kinds of uh really awesome different songs, you know. Not just a dead cover band. No. Whatever. Allman Brothers too, can't forget. Uh huh. That. Yeah.
1: That's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, it's just uh the fun part about this band is no one expects to hear, everyone expects to hear something they didn't expect to hear when they see us. Yeah. You know, so yeah. they don't, there's no expectations really. <laughs> just whatever we right. play.
0: When, and so when you guys have a gig coming up, do you prepare a set list ahead of time? Do you just kind of see what rolls out? Maybe think of the first, second, third song and then kind of like let it just flow from there. How do you do it?
1: And it's uh that's also like an amoeba type situation. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes there's gigs where um maybe a municipality's involved or <laughs> a little extra money than we normally get, so we think, man, we should like you know, keep this one a little more uh PG uh-huh, or something yeah. of that nature. Um, for the bigger stuff we usually do plan a set list and play it. But most of the time, what I've found is when we plan a set list and play it, it goes usually how we wanted it to go. But when we really just kind of let loose and call the song from the stage, maybe we'll have a list of songs we want to play, but we don't know what order, that really brings out a more natural, organic vibe. Uh, Because it's what we're feeling at the time. Sometimes when you make the set list, you play it and you're like, wow, the crowd's not moving, but here we go with a heater. Uh (laughs) Light the rocket, you know? Yeah. (laughs)
0: So you got to be mindful of that. Like, what does it look like the audience is ready to hear at this point?
1: Sometimes your audience is uh, twenty-five and younger. Sometimes your audience is sixty-five and older. I mean, Uh that was actually interesting last summer uh, during the during the whole lockdown. We did uh, arts in the park in uh, Three Oaks. Yeah. And what a fun time because we had my kids were you know four or five years old at that point. All the way up to, you know, grandparents, you know, people probably in their 80s. And we had a great time. I think everybody uh heard something they wanted
2: to hear.
0: Yeah. Know? Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, I did that. I did music in the park last summer, too, with, and, with my group. And it was, walking in and it's like, uh, do I hold back on the, you know, pedal weirdness? And it's just a ring, ring, you know, and it yeah. was like. No, I'm not holding back on it. No. Uh-huh. there's like little old ladies and stuff. Like, do I tone it down for the little? And then I decided not to. And I, you know, and we the sold a bunch them. of shirts and right. like you know got a bunch of likes on the internet. And a lot of them had a great time. And it was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I think
1: they don't want you to hold back.
2: Yeah, I know there were some people that probably didn't like it, but hey, little old ladies are surprisingly receptive. Yeah, I learned that.
1: They so. love your pedal work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love. You know, some people, just,
0: some people are just not going to like anything, so you just can't please them. So yeah. you've got to do what you want to do.
1: I think generally, though, the people that aren't going to like anything, they're not going to drive to the park and see you. That, yeah, yeah. That's People true. that come to see music, they want to see music. You know, right. One of my
2: good friend's uh, mothers was there, and she said to him a couple of years so we went to music in the park this weekend oh, I just don't know about that band. And he goes, that's my friend's band. (laughs) You know, I I just laughed when I heard it. I
3: was like, yeah, well, I
2: can see that being kind of off-putting.
3: Well,
1: if you're not making somebody mad, you're not making (laughs) somebody
0: That's right. right. You know, yeah. You know, passion uh, comes in two directions. And uh, either way, you're you're getting a strong reaction. I think you've you've been successful if you get a strong reaction, positive or negative.
2: Well, that was our... First gig in six months, you know. So I was like, I I need this really bad yeah. like, to play this game. So I'm not holding back on this. No. Like we're just going hamburger on this, right. and like I'm just you know, and I'm glad I did. You know, because yeah. you know I was three inches off the ground for like a week after that. One. Right. I was just like, oh yeah, like thank thank and God really, that happened. That's how like, weird
1: that gig was too, because that's how we we felt. You know, to this day we still go, man. That arts in the park was fun. Yeah. We were supposed to do it this year. We got rained out. Oh, I know. We're trying to reschedule. It looks like we might do something in the fall in Three Oaks, maybe indoors, Acorn, or something. Out cool. There. That'd, be, that'd be a really good time.
0: So. Yeah. There's, um, uh, you know, there's something to be said about uh, you know, a band that can adjust like that and, and has that kind of reaction to, to the crowd, for sure, and uh, to be able to you know, be flexible and, and uh, try to read the crowd. Uh, I saw Tab Benoit at the Acorn Theater last night. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys, uh, Adam, I think you know. Of, yeah, of, uh, mm-hmm. he uh, was amazing. It was it was such a great show. And you know, a lot of a lot of bands uh, are like, hey, we're not taking any requests. You know, we're this is our set list, and I uh, hope you like it. You know. Yeah. And, you know, and then there's always the guy that comes up and is like, hey, I'm here with my girlfriend. Can you play uh, Mustang Sally or, you know, whatever? <laughs> and you're like, oh, my, you know, you roll your eyes. But uh, Tab Watt takes it to the other extent. He's like, okay, what do you guys want to hear? And, like, people start yelling out songs like, no, nah, no, nah, too early in the night. No, no. Oh, that's a good one. All right. And then, you know, and then they just go. But it, like, you know, kind of gets him thinking, like, oh, who is this crowd? Exactly. What do they yeah, really cool. know about me? Yeah. You know? That's a good actually, tactic. Yeah, and actually this, this crowd last night really knew him and were yelling out all these sort of esoteric songs that probably not a lot of people had ever heard him play. And uh, I think you, you know, he was kind of impressed, like, oh, yeah, you've heard that one? All right. You know? Let's do that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, which kind of got me thinking, like when you guys are going to get ready for a particular show, uh, how do you set up a practice? Uh, do you, do you focus on stuff that you know you want to play there? Do you bring out ones that you hadn't hadn't played before, just to get you like back in the groove on that? You know, how do you structure your practices, um,
1: Well, structure is a funny word. <laughs> um, we we do weekly rehearsals. Um, we try to learn the song at home and then come rehearse it with mm-hmm. the band, but that rarely happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So what we'll do is we'll hit the high points, you know, the the new songs that we're trying to do at a show, like, hey, they wanted us to learn Terrapin Station. Let's run Terrapin Station twice. And then, hey, we haven't played this, this, this in a while. And what we found is, like, we get to these shows and the covers are spot on, and it's like, let's play an original now, and it's like, oh, man. Uh, Yeah, let's do that. And it comes back to you, but... Sure. It's something that, you know, practicing is an art, I think uh, almost as much as playing because there's you can waste a lot of time and that's a that's a very valuable resource in our lives. These yeah. Days.
2: yeah, lining up four people's schedules, right. and and
1: yeah. it's mm-hmm. just it's like four or five marriages is yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about getting together to do this for a couple of weeks. That's it's hard right. to line I that know, up. Yeah, just
0: and, to line this up.
1: And so when we're getting together trying to line up everybody to show up and play. Uh, for four or five hours because that's a rehearsal you know our gigs are four or five hours we can't just play for an hour and think we're going to hit everything we need to hit so we try to do it weekly and uh, we, we hit the high points and sometimes we get together and we don't play and we just hang out and uh-huh. sometimes we go play frisbee golf and sometimes we go see yonder mountain at bells I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just, those are all good things for, Yeah. it's bonding it's like yeah, bonding that's right. and all yeah
0: it, it, exactly i mean you guys have this connection and you got to be able to understand each other so you can read each other's cues on stage so that you can you know kind of get a sense of where the other person's going to go with something
1: right and it's important um, you learn over time what i know what mike Nealon's going to do when he starts you know really jamming but what the fun thing is when you don't know where the guy is going and you have uh-huh. to sit there and listen and you're like, all right, what are we going to do next? Yeah. Or is he going to switch the beat? What's going on? So that's, I think, when you see bigger bands play and you don't know what's going on and you think, wow, they're messing this up or this is crazy, that's when they're having fun uh-huh. and stuff's going awry. That's Interesting. That's the, that's the interesting part.
0: Uh huh. Well, one thing, you know, I don't mean to embarrass you, Marcus, but uh, it, when I saw you guys over the weekend... Uh, and I was talking to other people in the crowd about uh, you guys. Uh, there was sort of this consensus, and I've i felt this way myself that when you're playing, when you're singing, you everything else falls away. Like you know, you are like just you don't even. It seems like when you're when you're singing and you're playing, you are so focused on that and so in it that you know you're like uh, transported to somewhere else. First of all, where are you going? Like, what what is it, you know, is going on? What what do you see, what do you hear when you're at that point in a song where you're so uh, just in it?
1: Sometimes uh, when we're playing, I'll literally go back to the place where we were when we were writing the song. And I'll be the first time we were picking it out on the keyboard. I've been there before. Sometimes it's just, I don't know, Mars? Yeah. I just am not, I like... <laughs> much to my family's dismay, my kids and wife were dancing 10 feet from me. And I thought, I haven't seen my kids and wife and I'm playing. And then I watch a video back that someone sent me over the weekend and it's like, oh, they were right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, maybe you felt like, it, you I'm, know? Yeah. yeah. I'm elsewhere. Sorry. You do
0: that too, don't you, Adam? You yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, on a good night, yeah. Or yeah. in a good moment anyway. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that's usually when it's, the best stuff is
0: When all the technical issues elsewhere. fall away right. and, and you're just purely within that song, yeah. you know, that's that It hasn't happened zone.
2: often, but there are times where I'll like, like sort of zap back down into my body. Like, it, again, I wish it would happen more, but, and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that I was elsewhere and I didn't realize that I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm uh-huh. like in front of like all these people, you know, or whatever, and my band's like looking at me like, are you all right? like, oh, I'm great. Uh, yeah. You know, but, it's like, how do I make that happen every time? Right, you know? that's but, the stuff. Yeah,
1: you know, singing like, sometimes I, the words will catch me up, and you'll see some tears rolling. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know, it's not a put on. It's not. It's not manufactured. It's, yeah, no, you, you could. What's going on? Yeah.
2: Well, I think I'm pretty boring too. People are like, why don't you move around more? Why don't you do you know <laughs> do this more? And I'm like, I'm not. I can't like be insincere about it, but like then when I do get into it, then it's like. It's either standing there being boring or I'm bawling and 10 feet above my body. You know, there's no middle ground. It's <laughs> right. like, like, how do I find the balance there? But. yeah, And it's
1: funny when you said, you know, when it's falling away, I don't know if that was a prelude to the album there, but that's kind of what that song is about. You know, a lot of people think it's about love or this or that. I, when I wrote that, that was the first song that I ever wrote on my own. I wrote all the lyrics to it. And we kind of worked it out as a band, and everyone assumes it's like about a girl, it's not, or it's about you know work, it's not It's about whatever you need at that time, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. it's kind of about being on stage and everything else going away. It's kind of about you know previous things in my life that I thought were important when I was younger and they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. so that's what that's you know like he said, when you're floating ten feet above your body and you're watching yourself play. It's one of those gigs that uh, those are the ones you remember forever, like the livery.
0: Yeah, that was a that great show, show
1: was hands down one of our best shows we played in six months, and the crowd agreed with us. You know, the, because a lot of those people For watched sure. us a lot. Yeah, but I, there was moments in time there where I forgot I was in Benton Harbor, I forgot I was in Michigan, yeah, I forgot <laughs> I was on Earth. You know, we yeah. were just going. I was, was in the audience and I that. was like,
0: I felt transported too. There was something really magical that went on at that at that show, uh, and you know who knows? I mean, it was just it was it was just such a warm, happy night. Everyone was really happy to be there. Yeah, I think you know that nice, sweet beer probably uh, that, that contributes. <laughs> you know? That place is just awesome. It, yeah, it really is. We yeah.
1: we closed the night out there with Creep, a Radiohead. Yes. Cover. Oh my
0: god, it was <laughs> and. Eddie. You know, I really
1: I usually scream it out. Ah, I go for yeah. it at the end and I blow my voice out every time. <laughs> but unfortunately, we had a gig the next day so I had to re- refrain a little bit. Pull back. <laughs> but at the end, we were singing and I, you know, the the stage volume was crazy. You know, we could hear I could hear every note everybody was playing. The monitors were loud. I had great stage sound. But when we were singing the chorus at the end, I could hear the crowd louder than we were singing on stage. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And that moment about brought me to tears, and that's why I kind of leaned back and kind of pushed and, uh, you know, put my hand down in the band. We all listen and watch so well that everybody backs out. Yeah. We stopped singing. The crowd kept the song going for another 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And that was was an endearing (laughs) moment.
0: It it was really amazing. Uh, And I I distinctly remember that. I was like, you know, just... uh, chills up my arm even know? thinking about it now I'm yeah. the same way you know <laughs> yeah. uh, so what uh, any what shows you have coming up i mean you just came off a really awesome weekend um where you guys played and hung out you know and uh what what uh shows you have coming up
1: no, no sleep for the wicked here we we press on yeah um the 22nd we are closing out the um hobart lakefront festival in hobart indiana and cool. it's a great day of music. I don't know who's opening up first, but Chester Brown plays second, and then we're closing the night out. Oh, wow. All right. Um, and that'll be a good one. And then the next week, we're back at one of our favorite local places on Friday the 27th. We just kind of picked this gig up, but it's at uh, Leroy's. Leroy's, uh, all right. Yeah. I have a joint.
0: that
2: night. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's the best food around. Best Mexican food around.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. And then September 10th, We're playing another Browntown-type festival. It's actually where Browntown started. Oh. At the uh Isaac Walton.
0: Oh, right. Ike Fest.
1: Ike Fest is going to be fun. What Uh, what date was that again? September 10th. Okay. We're closing that one out on Friday night, 10 to midnight. But then the next night, Chester Brown's closing out the night, 10 to midnight, on the 11th. So that'll be fun. Uh, And then the 12th, I'm sitting in with a buddy. His name's Dan Moore. Um We've been playing some gigs together, and uh, he's a fantastic musician. We're playing a little afternoon set at Shoreline Brewery.
0: Oh, nice! Just uh, a duo? You'll be on uh... it's a full band. Oh, oh, okay.
1: So it'll be me, uh, Tommy Mitchell on bass. I'll be playing keys. Nick Bird will be playing guitar. Oh, okay. and, I love uh, Nick. Bill Romer on What's drums. What's the date on that? September twelfth. Okay. And the twenty fifth of uh, September, if I <laughs> throw too many dates out, but the twenty fifth of September is Funkinetic, who did the late night, right? Their right. festival, Harvest Fest, that's out in Crown Point. We're we're playing that night too. Oh, cool! And that's going to be, uh, I think we're actually playing the twenty fourth. Yeah, the twenty fourth.
0: Do you have like fun. a website or Instagram or Absolutely. Facebook? All of the above. yeah. Let's uh, so so. How can people find you on uh, Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing?
1: Uh, it's just stealing the farm. No G.
0: No G in we stealing. We always
1: joke that the only G's are on stage. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's uh, Stealing the Farm on Facebook, Stealing the Farm on Instagram. And then if you wanted to check out our website, it's stealingthefarm.net.
0: .net, okay. Yep. We One who's got stealingthefarm.com. We, we lost that one in a divorce, so. but We sold it for a million dollars. That would be nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> how that goes. Uh, all right, let's... Um, Let's close out the radio hour with, uh, you mentioned Falling Away. That's one you you wrote yourself. First let's, song. Let's check that out. So that's uh, number four here. All right. Uh, you're listening to Johnny Secret Stash on uh, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks and on WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan, and uh, here is uh, we're was talking to Marcus Seyfert from Stealing the Farm, and here is Fallen Away from their new album, Moments Made of Gold. Thanks,
1: Johnny. <laughs>